Out of the 93 Best Picture winners, one must be crowned the bestest of the best. You're listening to The Quest for the Bestest from Backlog Banter. Your hosts are Timo Nelson, Tucker Hazel, Tanner Dykstra, and Abram Buner. You can find more of our content on YouTube and Twitter at Backlog Banter. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Quest for the Bestest from Backlog Banter. It's the podcast where we are trying to figure out the very best best picture winner of all time. And this week, we are taking a look at 1982, Gandhi, directed by Richard Attenborough, starring Ben Kingsley as the man himself. Uh, a very a very long movie. We we continue to get movies that are over three hours long, um, but there this movie has a lot in it. There's a lot that happens, um, and a very interesting look at the life of of one of one of historic one of history's maybe most important figures, uh, yeah, to date. But but first. Before we get into it, before we talk about it, which I'm looking forward to, we've got to do a little bit of housekeeping because we've got a double whammy here. We last week talked about Barry Jenkins' Moonlight from 2016. Um, It got an average score of 8.8 and ended up at place number nine on our list. And if you recall, if you recall going way, way, way back, uh, two whole weeks, we talked about Mutiny on the Bounty, and we couldn't figure out where where it went on our list, so we solicited a little bit of response from... The audience from you guys and we received a couple votes here and there and we figured out that mutiny on the bounty indeed is going to go above french connection a little bit to my um dismay i i i like french connection but that's the will of the people and i will uh, i will abide by it and so at place number 24 mutiny on the bounty now lists on our great big long ranking of the very best best picture winners so this time we are going to be talking about Gandhi first, though. Going to hand it off to uh, to someone else, whoever wants to take the bat, about our featured comment it. from last week. <clears throat> our featured comment uh, about Moonlight comes to us from our, our good friend Seth in the uh, Discord. That link's in the description. If you want to talk to us about any of the movies that we talked about on the show. But of Moonlight, Seth says it's he views it as uh, not as impressive through the technical aspects, though it's fabulous in some cases, he says. But more through the social and political aspects it brings to the table by successfully representing a group of people that haven't had the chance to win Oscars or even make many movies. But it's a beautiful coming-of-age story nonetheless with great heart. There you go. Thank you, yeah. Seth, for the All for the for, Seth. for the enlightened yes. comment yes. Um, there. And if you want to be our enlightened commenter next week, throw your thoughts down in that little funky box below the video and uh, we'll make sure to read them. So, it's so funky. <laughs> it's so funky. Okay, enough enough of that. Let's talk about this movie. What did you guys think? Hmm. Um, Gandhi. It was it was nice to have a bit of a reprieve from you know three hour epic biopics and stuff and things of that nature. But um, let me say that it, it wasn't exactly a welcome back. Uh, but I think maybe Gandhi was one of the better instances that we could return on because. Uh, the, co- the what is the core of this film, which is Ben Kingsley as Mahatma Gandhi, is very good. Uh, there's a lot of other things that are textbook biopic of the era, and uh, doesn't it doesn't do a lot to break out of those out of the box that it has painted itself into, and I think it suffers for that. Uh, I, there's a lot, there's a fair share of interesting things to talk about in this, but um yeah I I mean I I really came up mostly like. Yep, that's exactly what I expected it to be after watching Gandhi. Uh Uh-huh, okay. When when you 
pull up a movie that is about a historical figure and you see a three hour and 11 minute runtime, you know exactly what you're in for. And, mm. and I think we got exactly what we were promised. And one thing I do want to mention is that the film opens on a little block of text admitting that, hey, this is a movie. This is three hours of a very important man's life. We can't fit everything in there. This has to be chopped down to a manageable uh, story for a film. And, and I like that admission. It feels very honest. And I, and I think that's how this film portrays itself is a, is a pretty honest and, and, you know, simplistic version of, of a man's life, which had a lot of things go on in it, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. But on outside of that honesty, I do feel like it it is kind of a mess of scenes. There's a lot of sequences in here, but there's also a lot of jumping around. And that's my least... That's my least favorite aspect of of biopics, especially ones that cover a large portion of someone's life, is you got to jump from year to year. Character arcs and relationships don't necessarily follow through because you have to cut out so much time in the middle. Had the had the problem with Last Emperor, um, and I I think this one kind of does that in a in a little worse ways because there's just such a huge amount of time period here. Um, but I still think it's a good movie, and obviously Ben Kingsley's performance is the heart of it all. But yeah, it kind of has all the... It kind of uh, solidifies all my issues that I have with, with long-form biopics. There you so go. It, it sounds a little bit like I might be the most positive here because while oh, wow. I felt all of the same issues, I mean, we go from the end of the 19th century up through World War II, right? And I think inherent in that, to Tucker's point about having to cut and, and kind of truncate, I don't necessarily think all of the right things were shown Right. I, I, w- yeah. I would have cut the movie differently. And, I, and I'm sure a lot of other people would have also. But despite these, I think, pacing issues and, and creative choices about what elements of his life to depict, I found the movie to be pretty compelling. I, I think that there's a lot of great performances here. And I think that the scale of, of this story is very interesting. And at certain points, it does feel like we're kind of being strung along for the next emotional beat right i i think that there are some sequences here that are so good that they make up for the kind of the malaise what might come before what might come after and because of that i think it's kind of a muddled movie but but i think that the the sort of the heart of it the philosophy of it the it might, might be formulaic but the precision of a lot of the filmmaking i think is very good i just think it comes down to what was chosen to be shown opposed to not shown that that lets the film down yeah i mean i thought that the film uh was was pretty standard in how how it depicted stuff but i was still interested to see what it depicted nonetheless um and and just seeing i i was fairly wrapped up in in the life of gandhi and and how and everything that happened and all the stuff that that he did that I didn't end up paying a lot of attention to like the film itself. I was I was engrossed in the narrative and I wasn't really thinking about the meta narrative. Um, and so I I found it, it enjoyable. It was fun. I was watching it um, in two parts late last night and I was like, oh, I got to go to bed. It's like 2 a.m. I should go to bed. I was like, oh, but I want to keep watching this movie. It was mm. so it was pulling me on and along enough. And I think that there's some incredibly, um, you know, well done sequences and there's a couple shots yeah. here and there that are just like a little mind-blowing i think we'll get to it um tanner's trivia i think will cover this but mm-hmm. it's yeah it's there, there is some definitely very cool sequences um as well as some fairly emotional ones too yeah yeah i think this this 
this film feels pretty similar in a lot of ways in terms of scale and time and uh, obviously length of the film to The Last Emperor. Um, and you can compare them on quite a few levels, but I think what this film does, I'm not going to say better because I don't prefer it, but differently from The Last Emperor is that the filmmaking style stays out of the way of the story. And I know that Abram had a problem with The Last Emperor it feeling like they're trying to get you to go ooh and ah for shots and, and, and um, sets and all that stuff. But this is very simplistic in its portrayal of the cinematography of the sets, which are still impressive in large scale, but they're, they're, they're not drawn attention to. And mm. I guess for me, I preferred the way that The Last Emperor did have those visual styling elements to pull me along through such a long film. So I was kind of missing that here, but I can respect it for wanting to stay out of its own way and let just the performances and the narrative of Mahatma Gandhi himself pull the film along as opposed to, hey, look how cool this set is. Look how cool this cinematography is. Yeah. Um, I mean... Such a good I, point. Hard to follow up. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to follow up. Uh, I want to talk about some some specifics since we're on cinematography and shot composition and stuff. I think there were quite a few that you know, did stand out to me. Um, one of my personal favorites is following the massacre on uh, those Indian protesters by the British by that British commander yeah. and his men. And it's the shot reverse shot of Gandhi looking at this well that's been stained with people's blood as they tried mm -hmm. to fall down it and crawl down it in, 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 seek of, in seeking out protection. And it's a and it goes to a, a reverse shot of Ben Kingsley again, who's you know the wordlessly his facial expression uh, perfectly encapsulates the mood of Gandhi in that in that moment. And all behind Gandhi is like these vultures or a similar birds flying through the sky behind him. I think you know that's not very subtle, but it's realistic if if you have a field full of you know. Uh, dead bodies. Yeah, and sure. It, it, of course, it, it's gonna be buzzards or something. Yeah. It really adds to the, the like this ambiance and this horror of fifteen hundred people died here. And when the, when they said That's that number, such a huge amount of people. Yeah. When they said that number following that sequence, you're like, Jesus Christ. 1,500 people. Yeah. And, that's, and I think that's probably the most impactful sequence yes. in the film. Oh, yeah, by uh, far. By a pretty significant margin. Yeah. And I think that scene kind of highlights for me what works about this movie and what it doesn't, and it kind of jumps off of but what, both of what you guys just said, right? This is a movie similar to, and I'm trying to start any arguments here in the middle of this episode, similar to mm. me in, uh, to Spotlight, where the source material carries the movie, not necessarily the filmmaking elements of it, yeah. right? And, and so I think that there is a real horror to that massacre sequence, largely because of the events depicted, but I think somewhat partially because of some of the filmmaking techniques cutting between the soldiers slaughtering those people down to the empty casings on the ground, right? I think yeah. that there yeah. are some elements there, but I was kind of left with a wanting for more of that. Be sure. Because otherwise it is Ben Kingsley as Gandhi delivering a very powerful performance but a performance that it really is predicated on who gandhi was and predicated on us wanting to learn more about his life not necessarily because anyone behind the camera was putting anything unique or compelling out there so that's kind of the tension i felt throughout the almost the entirety of the film the mm. the massacre sequence being one exception the other exception being when they're trying to get into the salt mines and they keep being hit yeah, yes. I, I think that's the other mm -hmm. incredible sequence uh, of the mm -hmm. film. But otherwise, it is about who these characters were wanting to know more about that, not the way that it was told to us. Which yeah. I found myself um, 
at least buying into the, the idea that, oh, I want to learn more about, about Gandhi. As I was watching, I kind of realized it was like, oh, I maybe don't know that much at all, really, about yes. like specifically, you know, I, I, I'd heard of, of the March to the Sea, um, but I'd never heard of the massacre and I never heard of a lot of the stuff that I just was never taught about. And so the film yeah. um, at least provided a uh, an avenue to learn about that. And I was put in the right mind space by it in the beginning to to be accepting and 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 be like okay yeah we're we're here to we're here to learn something as well as be a little entertained um by this film and i thought that there were plenty of entertaining moments maybe not in like the the fun entertaining but in like a victorious kind of entertaining the film yeah. definitely makes you feel um feel good at a lot of points you feel you i i felt very very good watching the movie about like people can come together and get something done yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the message of the, the thematic material of the film is is not that different at all from the thematic material of Gandhi's life. But if there's some thematic yeah. material from someone's life to borrow, well, Gandhi's not a horrible <laughs> choice. <laughs> Especially yeah, if you're making that, a movie about Gandhi. <laughs> that, yeah, that does come well together. I will uh-huh. say, though, sorry to, to cut you off, but to go directly off of that point, I think the one problem with that is that this movie does become the Gandhi show yeah. in mm. in its entirety, yeah. right? Which which makes sense, but my point is you, we, we spend a surprising amount of time with side characters for side characters who are not really developed at all. Yeah. And, and that was part of my issue, right? We become so foregrounded on Gandhi, obviously, because it's his biopic, but when you present him as being almost part of an ensemble of mm-hmm. less important characters, but still important influential figures in Gandhi's life I start to feel disconnected when I don't even really know characters names or exactly what they're doing because I didn't yeah. feel like they were given the time to be fleshed out the same way that Gandhi himself was I feel like that example comes true with with all of our politician figures we have our our uh, Indian National Congress politicians who I know what they I know that they're politicians and they have to do that but I kind of forget their names and I forget their like I know that one of them is Muslim and and a couple of them are Hindu and there's conflict later in the film in, in that regard but um you're right that I, I am mostly lost in terms of side characters and I just see them interact in terms of Gandhi and I don't ever see them for their own characters really and that is especially true for the the antagonists of the film the villains of the film which are anyone who's on the British side of things they mm-hmm. are they all act the exact same way you see them maybe every 25 minutes and they show up and you're oh that's right that is going on in the background and that i think that's probably one of the weakest elements of the film to me is well obviously there's a lot of stakes in terms of entire countries and governments being being mishandled i i never felt like there were there were people and faces and personalities even villain wise that i could Mm -hmm. connect to to say okay this is this is the foil to Gandhi's good. Where is the bad? It's just a couple of somewhat like bumbling uh, polit- British politicians. Like one of the guy like guys like smirks when he says that they, they're going to put Gandhi in jail. I was like, oh, that just feels like a cartoony villain almost. But th- I think that the side characters who are are the Indian guys who are supporting um, Gandhi are slightly more memorable and interesting because you're able to see them in so many different sequences throughout his entire life and one mm-hmm. thing that this movie does very very well is age up its characters they use yes. for the most part the same actors for 50 plus years worth of screen time mm-hmm. and oh my god that makeup is amazing yeah, yeah. it Especially works very good. kingsley he plays such a range of age that mm-hmm. is is off the charts and you always feel like he's in that moment and, and and you can feel the the weariness and age and experience and jadedness of all of his 
his friends or, or the people in the um, Indian uh, National Congress, but they they're not given enough time to shine on the same level that Ben Kingsley is. So yeah, uh, yeah, that the imbalance there is very clear. Like Abram to, was saying, to speak to uh, both the makeup on Ben Kingsley and Ben Kingsley himself as a performer, my first bit of trivia is here. Reportedly, when they were shooting in these you know remote villages in India because they shot on location, um, some of the some of the People in these villages, especially elders, thought that they were looking at Gandhi, rep- mm. reportedly. Uh, whether that be, you know, he, they were seeing some sort of uh, spiritual reincarnation of him. But Ben Kingsley was apparently so convincing that some of these people thought they were looking at him. Because, uh, and this is something that maybe doesn't come across in the film that well, but maybe this is after his death especially, is that... Uh, something I learned in looking into this film is that Gandhi is looked on by some people in India as essentially like a deity in some sense. You know, he he's the guy who freed them from this oppressive British rule. And uh, I, I have some more interesting trivia about that, but I'll get that to that in a second, probably. But um, I feel I, like the may, film uh, almost almost portrays him in that light too. He does seem yeah. he does seem fairly otherworldly. Uh, I think mm-hmm. maybe the film uses that line to describe him at one point. Um, mm-hmm. A character says like, "Oh, don't be disturbed by his unworld otherworldliness." Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. um, but the way that that it it does convey the, this idea of of like he he is. He's not a larger than life character in any way in the film. He's because just the way he is, but the the accomplishments that it shows to you um, are like are extreme. They're huge accomplishments. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it it wisely focuses on the intimate and the personal um, and mm-hmm. about the, the the small emotional moments within um, this great big struggle. You know, we don't see we we see the flags changing, but that's about. The most we don't see any any like politicking or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. And I appreciate that. I I'm I'm actually much more interested in in the personal life. If we're gonna do a biopic about this one guy, I I would rather it actually be about him rather than be about like what he did. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think it circumvents a lot of the issues of that biopics have of checking off things that happened in their life like on a, on a grand scale. Because speaking of the the raising of flags thing. One of my favorite uh, edit, edits in in this film is at, towards the very end when they're raising the flags of India and Pakistan. These nations have, you know, they've freed themselves from British rule, but now they're fighting against each other along religious lines. And it's the raising these two flags and we see some fighting. We see, you know, people celebrating at the capitals of these two nations. And then we cut to Mahatma Gandhi at his at his little tiny home in the middle of nowhere, spinning some thread. Just he was the man who essentially had a huge hand in getting all of this done, and he's nowhere to be found at these places. He's humbly sitting at home, spinning some spinning some clothes for him to wear. Yeah, yeah, I I agree completely. I think that the moments I remember from his life are like when the the little girl has to go with the sprained ankle right and he he yeah. leaves with her to go help help her help heal this goat right and i think that in a film that is not really subtle because it doesn't really try to do more than just retell the life there is a good amount of subtlety in just that script and and what it allows him to do mm-hmm. and i think that it's helped by 
excellent performance from Ben Kingsley. I really think that he has a lot of power when he's on screen. Again, due in large part to who he's playing, but I think yeah. he just plays him very convincingly. And yes. for me, especially in a bot, I'm good acting is great, but it's really bad acting that I notice. And good acting usually goes a little bit under the radar for me. But in a biopic, I'm paying closer attention to that, right? And I think that Ben Kingsley really did sell himself as Gandhi very well. Sure. I, I think the character arc and subtlety of that performance and the story of Gandhi is is interesting in large part because it's kind of an inverted character arc. He he doesn't come from humble beginnings and become super powerful. He's a, an educated, well-to-do guy. He comes from powerful beginnings and goes to humble endings. And of course, there's a lot of power in the middle, mm -hmm. but he never lets that go to his head. And that's just so inverted of what we're used to seeing in, in stories. And mm -hmm. that just made it interesting, especially the fact that I didn't know he was a lawyer. Like we don't we don't learn a lot about Gandhi in in our uh, American history class. Well, obviously not, well, American, yeah. but history classes in America, and just hearing that oh yeah, this guy who's a powerful speaker was a lawyer. That makes a lot of sense, and of course that's how he gets wrapped up in in, in the whole shebang, if you will. Mm. Um, but his performance especially shines through, I think, with something that we're going to talk about in terms of trivia is his, his, him giving speeches. Mm -hmm. He gives these long monologues that are talking about philosophy, and he's sitting there in front, in front of crowds of thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and none of that is CGI. Those are people sitting there, mm -hmm. and he's actually sitting in front of them and projecting his voice out to reach thousands of literal, actual, real people. Yes. And that's, that's just the scale that this movie works best. Like, it, it gives you cinematic chills, like something in Ben-Hur or or Lawrence of Arabia do, when you see crowds of, and I think this is probably one of the trivia things that, that Tanner has, yes. but I'm going to steal it out from underneath him. Go for it. Uh, the, the, um, the crowd for the funeral, 300,000 extras. 300,000. That's a, a humongous number. The, the, the record holder, by the way, for most extras in a scene, probably yes. forever, since they just don't make movies with actual people on set for these large crowd scenes anymore. Yeah. So this will probably, pandemic. yeah, especially, this will go down in history, most likely as the most extras ever used for a scene. Yeah. Uh, and and I've, boy, does it, I mean, let's just talk about, you're, we're talking about the shot with the funeral um, yes. towards the beginning of the movie where it's unimaginably wide. We're way high up and we're way wide. And there's just people that just go, the, the crowd just goes and goes and it goes mm -hmm. forever. <laughs> Yeah, yes. that is a thing where, like, as a filmmaker, I'm just like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I have more details about this sequence, uh, okay. just so you know. Uh, it used, it utilized 19 cameras and 11 crews to get the coverage for this entire thing. Whoa, um, okay. Uh, it was filmed on January 31st, 1981, in memory of the 33rd anniversary of Gandhi's death. Uh, and uh, actually, for all this business that they went through getting 300,000 people, it takes up two minutes of screen time in the film. Yeah, yeah. It's a relatively yeah. it's a relatively understated scene uh, in, in how just truly impressive it is. And also yeah. one thing I did hear about that that sequence is that um, they were going to use a, a, a wax body, like a dummy of, mm -hmm. of um, Ben Kingsley on the actual funeral proceeding that his body's on, um, but it kept melting, so they just put actual Ben Kingsley there. So that's yeah. just actually him laying there. <laughs> and like, flowers over his eyes or whatever. One last thing about this sequence. This is a, this is a bit of a... I guess this is kind of funny. It, it sort of depends <laughs> on how you look at it, him handling... Uh, the uh, An assistant director for this film handling the sequence. 
So they were obviously wrangling 300,000 extras. Oh my God. Uh, so, so Richard Attenborough turns to his assistant director, David Tomblin, and he says, David, I think the crowd should spend a moment contemplating Gandhi's life and what death means to India at this moment because the crowd is kind of getting restless and they look a little bored. Um, so instead of like saying something profound, Tomblin grabs a megaphone and yells, right, listen up, Gandhi's dead, you're all sad, roll cameras. <laughs> That, that, uh, I mean, that is that's, out of, in context. Actually, it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Just like the way the way he said it and all that. Yeah, yeah. I think that I'm just sorry. goes to show yeah. the, what what I the way I think about this movie. In that, in it, it, it has it has a scale that is um, kind of difficult to to really comprehend. I mean, it's it's sixty years of 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 life on camera, and and because of that, we get these jumping around and we, you know, it's, there's many some years later title cards in the film and we've gone, a, a, you know, a given number of years in the future. Um, and so it, it, those are both pluses and drawbacks, but I think that, that at least for me in large strokes, the film succeeds in picking um, moments that highlight this personal character of Gandhi. You know, we're, we're sticking to him as this character that we're going to focus on. You know, he's going to be up on the pillar and, and if we're going to not really, um, delve too deep into the side characters, which is what the film, the choice that the film makes, I would say. Um, then having these these great grand moments, and there's a couple of other shots and, and sequences in the film um, that just have like that sheer scale element to them that mm -hmm. I find is is just, it's nice to watch. It's cool to watch. I like seeing it. This is a horrible way to describe it, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a lot more than cool. It's a lot more than cool. Um, I wanted to talk a, a bit more about Ben Kingsley as as Gandhi in this because I think Tucker brings up a lot of great points. How it's so interesting that we see him, you know, going on this inverted character arc, uh, and how he plays into those the the, the sixty years of life, like Timo said. Um, I think there's also an interesting amount of uh, if we, if we if we're exploring the personal life of this guy, and it's sort of like. I think Tucker said this earlier. Uh, we don't learn a, a lot about Gandhi. So what we do learn in school is that he was a guy and through peaceful protest, he ended British tyrannical rule in India. Uh, and you sort of get this idea that, you know, he's this very soft spoken guy. But one of my favorite moments is when he's in he, he goes to the courtroom and he's on trial for, oh, something about like like inciting a rebellion or something like that. Uh, happens quite a few times. Happens quite a few times, but it's towards the end, and he's uh, the, and it's it seems like the punishment for this crime is death. And Gandhi knows this. You know, he's a lawyer. He he's an educated. He knows what's going down. And he he basically has this air about him that's like, yeah, kill me. See what happens. It's not going to solve anything. It's going to make your situation worse. He never says that in so many words, but it's the way that he carries himself. And this sort of the sort of line delivery that he gives to these guys, where he's like, where he's talking about the effects of you know what the pe what people view him as and why this is important to these people. He's he basically says, "Fuck around and find out," is what he says to these British guys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the movie brings back quest for the bestest, oldest, and bestest term, subtleism. I think oh. there's a lot of great subtleism here, but I also think there is a really powerful moment of just overtness, being when. 
after the massacre, the, the British uh, general's on trial, right? And he's giving these very just honest answers about, yeah, I was going to kill these people. I would have used a machine gun tank if mm-hmm. I could have, right? And I think the film knows when to juxtapose these quieter moments with, with louder moments or these more subtle thematic moments with just really overt things that help develop a theme of, you know, imperialism and anti-imperialism that is kind of backgrounded, I think, in some respects, just by nature of focusing on Gandhi and his message. I think that theme could have gotten a little bit more lost had it not been for some of these great sequences like this with the British general. But I do think you could have perhaps introduced a little bit more nuance because it's very cool seeing Gandhi stand up to these guys. Mm-hmm. But Gandhi was also kind of a pain in the ass to the people around him at times. He's, yep. he's walking out of meetings. He's he's fasting when they don't want him to, right? And I, I would have liked maybe a little bit more exploration of that. I think that would have re- required the side characters being fleshed out a little bit better. But I mm-hmm. think having a little bit of a, of a gray area depicted in and how he approached this revolution might have made this film a little bit more toothy and feel a little bit less by the numbers, but that was just my read of it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's reasonable. That makes sense. I also think um, that 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 if if this film could could stand to be longer, that would be immediately what I would want to add. If if you could make this mm. film four hours long and still have people actually watch it, that would be the interesting part to add. But when you when you start juggling, there's so much to tell, and oh, we want to add, we want to make sure that we tell these side characters too. It's like, yeah, you you could make a lot of movies out of this source material here. So I think yeah, that's I, I, it's a great point, um, and that it when you, it's time, time is the enemy. Yeah, <laughs> I do think this movie strikes a a weird balance for me in terms of the runtime of it. Mm. Because it does show, obviously, a lot. It's covering a lot of, of everything uh, from every aspect that you possibly could show a lot of. Um, but I, I do think it's too long. I do think there are things that could have been cut, that could have been that have trimmed down to connect things together a little more, to make it feel a little more coherent so you're not jumping around as much and... And while there is another movie that is extra long, Gandhi, that is that is more compelling because it fleshes things out, I do think that there is power in knowing when something is a scene that doesn't really connect to other stuff or feels a little bit out of place. Because one thing this movie does have a problem with is that it it kind of feels like there's a lack of direction. You're following a guy's life, and things are going to happen because he knows what he's going to do in his own head, mm-hmm. but there's not a there's not a super clear progression to scenes because you're jumping from big moment to big moment. And it doesn't feel like things are for the, for some things built up to properly. I, I just feel like it, it lacks, it's an interesting narrative overall, but I don't know how I feel about it as a film narrative, as, mm. as a progression from act one to act two. And of course, this is not a three act structure movie, but um, in terms, in terms of film story progression, I think this movie does lose some marks in my mind and why mm. as we're, Getting to the last 25 minutes of this film and we're still being introduced to new conflicts and, and, and characters interacting and stuff, I started to lose a little bit of interest. I, it mm. had been so long. This is, this is two and a half movies worth of movie. And, and I, did, I did find myself getting, becoming disinterested and a little bit bored and wandering in my thoughts as it was going. Though it did keep me engaged for most of the runtime. There's definitely mm. that element of, okay, this is, yeah, this is, this is still going, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, um, 
I set it up top. You know, when you when you when you get yourself into a three hour and ten minute movie, uh, you kind of know what you're going for, and you're going to have dips in interest and dips in you know, uh, conflict stuff where you're in some quieter moments that can lose you uh, over that three hour runtime. And Gandhi doesn't solve those problems. It doesn't it doesn't avoid them in any way. So I I think it's only fair to you know level the same criticisms that I have at other long movies that have won best picture because boy howdy does the oscars do the oscars love long best picture winners because this film won eight eight of those little golden boys Ooh, nice transition oh yeah Thank you. Mom's there bucko <clears throat> so obviously this won best picture ben kingsley won best actor well deserved i would say almost mm-hmm. certainly i think one of my favorite best actors i mean i recently yep. actually read a ranking of all the best picture Ooh. winners i'd seen but uh yeah lists i mean and he's definitely up there yeah, Richard Attenborough won Best Director. Uh, totally it, reasonable. This film won uh, Best Screenplay, uh, Best Cinematography, Best Set Direction, Best co- Costume Design, Best Editing, and it was nominated for Best Sound, Best Original Score, and Best Makeup. Surprised that it didn't win Best Makeup. I am yeah, it was, I'm surprised it was great too. Stuff. Yeah, I was going to say about um, uh, about the, the costumes and the sets and everything, there it's a period piece it's that's that's traditionally quite um oscar oscar bait like but i found that Mm -hmm. they just everything just worked so seamlessly that i was i never paid attention to it and i never really questioned it i was like i was like yeah that dude's a a, a british general i was like yeah that's that's gandhi or this is how the the traditional um indian people dress you know it's like i was like yep cool like this looks all right and i think shooting on location shooting in india i mean this this film was like largely paid for by the indian government and so one third yeah um they that was that's the right choice Mm -hmm. why would you do it anywhere else so i'm glad that that um bears fruit and we get to see it in the film because there's some breathtaking wide landscape shots here that are are, Mm -hmm. aren't sets but they're just what's really there yeah reminiscent of uh lawrence of arabia some might say which is interesting because David Lean and Sam Spiegel were actually initially attached to this all the way back in the 1960s. Wow. This film had like a 20-year production hell visit uh, before it finally got made. I, uh, I heard it started in the 50s. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's, that's also entirely possible. Yeah. But uh, over, over, that, over that 20 to 30-year span, there was quite a few actors attached to this. And this is sort of a thing... Uh, off of last week when I made the rash assumption that Ben Kingsley wasn't Indian or of Indian descent, which he obviously is, and I, 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 I bear that mistake in mind. But it was more of a comment about how I wouldn't be surprised if Hollywood casted a white guy as Mahatma Gandhi. Yes. That was not incorrect. Here are some of the other people who were considered for the role during ooh, the time. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> Dustin Hoffman was apparently considered for the role. Ben John Her- Yeah. <laughs> John Hurt auditioned, and when he auditioned, apparently they made him wear brown body paint and a diaper. So there's that. Uh, Anthony Hopkins was offered the role, and Alec Guinness was attached to the project back when uh, David Lean and Spiegel were working on it. So there you go. Okay, well, speaking, that's, oh, man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad they did what they did, because that would, mm, mm. I'm glad they didn't, and also, it's hard to, this film would be much less well-remembered and less regarded, especially in that performance standpoint, if any of these guys were attached to it, because outside of the race thing, it is hard to imagine any of those guys 
playing Mahatma Gandhi mm-hmm. when Ben Kingsley just sort of disappears into this role really, really effortlessly. And he apparently he spent a lot of time. He actually moved to India and sort of lived uh, in, in a rural Indian area to sort of get ready for this role. He learned to actually spin his own clothes uh, for this role, which was you, you can see that he just you know, he, he melts very naturally and he embodies this otherworldly guy very well. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Ben Kingsley, Ben Kingsley casting is very good. There's a couple other funny casting choices. I like that Martin oh, Sheen. Yeah. Martin Sheen is in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's an yeah, American yeah. reporter. Um, and then a little Chariots of Fire throwback. Ian Charleston or Charlson oh, Charleston. Um, yep. is is also in this film. I guess they're both sort of British films. Um, yes. Well, this one is less of a British film than Chariots of Fire. Richard is. Attenborough. Yeah, yeah. he's but a British they, guy. They they come, you know, production is is out of out of Britain, so that's it's kind of funny to see some familiar faces in a film where I really wasn't expecting to see any. I was just yeah. I was like, oh, we're in a biopic that's shot on location. Cool, we we get lots of, um, uh, you know, Indian actors and non actors, uh, and then Martin mm-hmm. Sheen shows up, and I'm like, oh, hey, hey, Martin well, Sheen. It's funny that you bring up familiar faces, Timo, because there's a there's a certain very famous actor that oh, makes yeah. his that makes a little cameo appearance in this. Uh, if his you're a debut, I believe. Yeah, his his first ever movie. If if you're a keen eyed viewer like one Tucker Hazel, you may have noticed Daniel Day Lewis in a bit part in this film. Uh, he yeah. plays Colin, a random guy on the street in South Africa who accosts uh, Gandhi and one of his friends. <laughs> we were watching him, and Tucker says. That guy looks like Daniel Day Lewis. I'm like, there's no way. So I had to scroll all the way through the cast, and you know, somewhere in the middle, it's like, yep, Daniel Day Lewis. He's he's like 20 or something in this. Is very first movie. How interesting. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. So that just, I mean, I think the casting director of this film was on to something. Yeah. They they yeah, they, they, they they got the right guy, even though I mean he's fine in this. You know, it's no he's no Daniel Day Lewis, if we're honest. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, do we have any final thoughts before we should jump into our uh, our ranking? You want to just give out a, a a thesis statement or a uh, any any last thing that you haven't haven't hit upon yet that you want to talk about? Yeah, there's one thing I, I wanted to say. I mean, we kind of moved on with Tanner's dynamite transition Sorry. to the awards, uh, but for for me, I and I don't say this often. I would have liked another 45 minutes to this. Wow. Film. I, I do actually think that we could have benefited from that, especially when we get into the religious conflict. hours. Yes, I'll take four hours of Gandhi, because I think when you get into the religious conflicts, a little bit more runtime there would have really benefited us, because that plot, I wouldn't say it feels shoehorned in or underdeveloped, mm. but I just think that there was a conclusion that I felt like we were missing, especially when some of the most powerful material in the film comes from that. Like the mm-hmm. guy who uh, tells Gandhi that he, he killed a child, right, and he's trying to find God still. So I would have liked a little bit more there. And also because I found the film pretty easy to watch. Uh, on the Abram Buner patented scale of how many times did I check my Twitter feed during my viewing, mm. <laughs> I was I was on the lower end, right? And, oh, and good. I think that's a function partially. Only like 40 times. Yeah, yeah. Only, only like once every two minutes or so. But, but no, I, I, I think the excellence of that set design and the costuming and everything really immerses you in the world, right? And it's, it's biopic stuff. It's by merit of the source material right but i just think that there was a lot of faithful production behind this from having all those extras to having this attention to detail to putting these little character moments throughout i do think that in spite of my issues this is one of probably maybe not my favorite biopic we've seen 
four mm-hmm. quests, but it's definitely one of the better ones. If the Last Emperor boring barometer still existed, we would be above that, right? I, th- oh, I think good. that this is a, a pretty impressive and watchable film. Yeah, I think that's a surprising thing about it. Maybe the point I was trying to make earlier about me me just wanting to keep watching it. I was like, okay, I, I'm going to stop after two hours, so I only have an hour to do the next day. Um and then I've watched another like half hour after I said I would stop because it's just like, you know, the scenes just kept rolling. And I was like, even even if like looking back at the scenes and in the, in the macro of them, maybe they didn't exactly fit in there. In the moment to moment, I was like, yeah, cool. This is a good movie and that I, I, I'm enjoying watching and I'm just going to keep doing it because I like watching movies. Um, and yeah. so... This is this is this is an interesting film to to recommend. I would recommend this film to just about anyone. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a it's very easily accessible outside of that. Watch Gandhi. Five year olds. Sit them down just for that horrible, horrible scene of the massacre. Yeah, they, see what the, see what that does to them. You know, with that with that really powerful shot of the little girl sitting by a dead body. Oh, just crying. Yep. Jesus Freaking Christ! Well, that's also, a, oh my also, god. Also, uh, quick thing. Yeah. I don't notice the score a lot, but there was a few moments where that score comes through, especially in intense moments like that that I really enjoyed. So, uh, yeah, I was a little... Listening. The score, very good. I like the score yes. a lot, too. Okay. okay. Speaking of scores... Speaking oh, of- nice! <laughs> beautiful, let's, beautiful, Abram, beautiful. Let's punch him in. How about we, how about okay. we do that? I've got let's mine go. ready. I've got mine ready. You okay, ready? let's do it. Three, two, one... Well, there we go. That. We we have a uh, we have a, a a number for you. It's seven point five. So mm-hmm. uh, exactly three quarters of the way to of to a uh, hundred, and it's pretty even. It's yeah. literally actually seventy five percent. Um, the point breakdown starting from the bottom. Tanner gave it a six point nine. Tucker gave it a seven point four. Em gave it a seven point seven, and I gave it an eight point oh. So pretty uh, not that different. I mean, we're pretty. Right around the same area, yeah, same same yeah. thought process. I can tell everyone's got the same thinking about it uh, as as they're putting it in. So a seven point five. If we go and look, it's going to have tie. to fight with Platoon. Um, mm. I don't know if we're going to have to do a lot of fighting because I know where I put this in terms sure. of versus Platoon. Um, but what about you guys? Platoon easily for me. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I also go with Platoon. Uh oh, Tanner. <laughs> not again! Oh, not, no. not again! <laughs> no, not this is a great again. fit. We should do this every week. Oh, I mean, based off of raw scores, um, I do have Platoon at at, at, a, at a seven point something, but and this could be recency bias. I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but I have in, in the weeks following Platoon, I've just forgotten a lot of that movie. Almost none of it has stuck with me. So. Wait, does that that means if I go Gandhi, that means it's a 50-50 tie. Uh, Timo, mean... do you have do you have the do you have the full number? Do you have the full scores pulled up for us? That is true. There is technically yeah. that that extra bit. Well, yeah. so I so, like the idea of, of arguing a little bit. Yeah. So technically, Platoon is at a seven point five three, and 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 Gandhi's at a seven point five zero. I will say, I, I think Gandhi goes above Platoon. I gave Platoon like a five point five. So damn, it's just not my favorite. Uh, Vietnam War film, and I think that other there are other f- films that that do more. And while Platoon is is powerful and it in its moments, um, there is something about the life affirmingness of Gandhi. Gandhi, I, I I feel okay as a human being watching Gandhi, and I really don't when I'm watch Platoon. And I know that that's the sure. point, but that's the difference. 
Yeah, I, I sure. think for, for me, um, first of all, yes, Timo, I agree with you. It's no apocalypse now or anything. But I, but I think what a pl- platoon succeeds at is this sort of like gnawing dread and horror that I think is far harder to evoke and speaks a lot more clearly to a really interesting artist behind the camera, right? I think in, in, in Gandhi, the strongest moments are when, you, when, you're, when your heart is you know, down your stomach, right? When the massacre is, is happening or something. And, and that's all of Platoon. And so whereas I see Gandhi succeeding on the, the merit of his life, right? I see Platoon succeeding on the merit of the people that built that depiction of Vietnam, not necessarily because that's any less rote than a biopic, but because I think that there's more interesting filmmaking that went into Platoon to evoke inside me what it did evoke and what I can still conjure back up, I guess, opposed to Tanner all of these weeks after watching it. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm on the same page. I do think that Platoon is is for me just more powerful. I do like the idea of feeling okay about myself. And when I'm watching Gandhi, I'm like, actually, there you know, there was a person in the world that's actually okay. Uh, didn't think that beforehand. Um, but now, when we're thinking back to Platoon, it does have a much more, a much greater emotional impact on me. And I, and I think the sequences are more creative filmically. Um, and it has a, it has a wide cast characters, which I'm a, a fan of. Mm. So while Gandhi is a better character than anyone in uh, Platoon, the fact that there are 12 plus guys in Platoon and, and like half of them are really focused on um, that ensemble nature definitely gives it a bump for me as well. Um, the better here, Sheen performance also. I will that, well, how about that? Father v. Son. How about that? I will say uh, if, if I were equal time removed from Platoon and Gandhi, I think I would be more interested to revisit Platoon. Because looking back at Gandhi, I think I'd say, oh, I get it. Sort of my sort of even my my mood about it before going before watching is like, I kind of get it. You know, yeah. I'll probably remember that I liked Ben Kingsley's performance and some maybe some of those uh, better moments. But I think I would be more interested to revisit Platoon. I pulled actually pulled up my old my old notes for Platoon on my phone here real quick. And looking ye back, old notes, ye old notes all the way back from December 29th. Uh, um. We were such a little naive. Wow, that was there. a long time ago. Um, a lot like the boys getting drafted into the Vietnam War. Uh, but I think, you know, looking back at this, I'm like, oh, I, I did have some some interesting really thoughts about this there. movie. Oh. Yeah, that, well, maybe, that was the, maybe a little off It was the point of the movie. That's what the point it. of the movie. I thought it was, it was funny. It's what the point of the movie was. But I did have interesting thoughts about Platoon. So be it the raw score or be it my vote it seems that's like uh, that's where i out. was i was sensing it was all going because i think tenor or uh, abram actually makes very very salient good points uh, about about the filmic nature of it and we we have to remind remind ourselves that this is about the the best pictures and there's while i think it's an important movie and a politically uh, uh interesting film and that's what mm-hmm. best pictures often end up being i think that you 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 are right that platoon pr- does more with the medium and and that is an interesting um point of of comparison and and the one that does that better probably should be higher so i can agree with that with the, Gandhi that is certainly placement. one of the most pictures true one of the longest Hopefully we get a uh, get a bit of a breezier one next time. How about at, that? At the huh? end of Quest, we should do we should do the uh, vote for the most picture. The mo- the, <laughs> the vote which for the, the which has the most moving pictures. <laughs> hard hard to say. Hard to say. Um, 
Gandhi is going to go at place number 28 on our list with a uh, with an average score of 7.5, sadly breaking up the two Vietnam War films yes. uh, from each other. Uh, an interesting an interesting dividing line between them, but there you go. That's just how the cookie crumbles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, should we spin our little yarn, spin some spin Not ourselves our spin our own clothes a little bit with a with a mystery random number wheel? Yes, no? actually. Sure, I, sure, Timo. Yeah. yeah, that lead off. What, a, yeah. what if what if we all just said no one day? <laughs> no, we don't. We we don't want to spin it this time. No, we don't want to spin it. We are tired of the random gods number mm-hmm. chance. But no, we're not. No, we'll never be tired of the random <sighs> gods never number be. chance. <clears throat> Tanner, you want to lead us in a little choral uh, recitement? I would. <laughs> wheel, wheel. What's your deal? Give us a movie that makes us squeal. Is it on digital? Is it unreal? Wheel, wheel. Hey, what's your deal? And the wheels deal this week <laughs> is place number 11. Place number 11. Um, okay, okay. Film number 11. What could that be? What, yes. What could that be? Film number 11 is actually a movie that Tanner and I mentioned, or I mentioned to Tanner last night. Mm. It is a 2001 Best Picture winner starring Paul Bettany, Christopher Plummer, Ed Harris, Jennifer Connelly, and Russell Crowe. Directed oh. by Ron Howard. We'll be watching A Beautiful Mind. Hmm. A beautiful Tucker, mind. Tucker, you got a beautiful mind on you, and I like that about you. Calling this, pred- predicting this last night. What, I, what are you, uh, some sort of, who's the, he, he, what's his name? Does He's kind of a famous character's movie. Character's name? Yeah, give me this character's name. Uh, John Nash. John Nash. You're a regular John Nash, Tucker. He's the founder of Nashville. Oh, interesting. It's city. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I got it. I've seen some yeah. clips from this film, but I, I haven't ever saw seen it. And uh, and it's actually, it's another biopic, kind of. Oh, well, it how is. about that? Oh, how, Tucker, what's the runtime on this? Uh, a snappy uh, 2.15. Yep. Not okay. too bad all right. at all. Compared to what we what we just saw, it should feel like a walk in the park. A nice mm-hmm. walk down I, to I the ocean. Really, I really want Marty, which is 93 minutes, to be back-to-back with Gone with the Wind. I think that would be a a hilarious juxtaposition. That'd be funny. It's, it's entirely unlikely, but can we actually? W- w- can we make a, a rule here that w- if we get Marty or Gone with the Wind, we have to watch the other one the week after? No spinning. Just say screw you to the guys of random chance and just watch the other one so we can juxtapose them. the shortest uh, and the t- longest. Yeah, t- yeah, yeah I'm talking with that. You know, how about I say, audience, if you would, if you would allow us to betray the gods of random chance, let us know down in the comments. As long as, as well and as then, your thoughts and about Gandhi. It, yes, yes, your thoughts about Gandhi, most importantly, and then second most importantly, do you, do we tempt it? Because if if you if you give us permission, then it's your fault when shit hits the fan and yes. uh, the gods are really angry at us for for disobeying them. But we get smote on camera. The gods of random chance are one thing, but the, the gods of John Tor 11 and Dan Eberhardt are really what I'm worried about. So we're going to need yeah. some permission sure, in the true. comment section before we do something yes. like this. Yep. Yes. Well, there we go. Nice, great, great discussion about Gandhi. Um, I, enjoyable film. I enjoyed my time watching yeah. it. And, and, you know, that's, that's, the, the, that's what you can hope for when you're watching mm-hmm. a film, is to have it enjoyable. So next time, we will be discussing Ron Howard's A Beautiful Mind. We'll get to see some good Russell Crowe action. I haven't watched a movie with Russell Crowe in, in, in a long time, so uh, I'll be looking forward to it, at least for that. And, uh, and we'll be back talking about it. Thank you guys for joining me. And, uh, well, peace. Peace out. <laughs>